Hey, it's Pastor Doug Bursch here. So the Apostle Paul said, There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So my question for us is this. What separates us from loving people? When do we limit our love? Do we use love as a tool to get things from people? Or do we love simply because Christ first loved us? Today's show is about unfailing love. We're also going to talk about the world's best job and why it would be really hard to complain about it. All this on The Fairly Spiritual Show. And you are listening to the Fairly Spiritual Show. This is our second show on KCIS. So glad you could join us. I was on the radio for five years on another Christian station here in the Puget Sound region. Did 1,200 daily talk shows. Nice to just do it once a week. Actually, we're doing this show twice a week, but here's the secret. Uh, once a week, we're on the radio on Fridays right here. And then on Wednesdays, we have a special podcast edition. So twice a week we have new content. If you want to find that new content, go to fairlyspiritual.org. That's fairlyspiritual.org. And if you want to keep this show on the air, then please go to fairlyspiritual.org and donate. You can also find my new book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor, at my website or on Amazon. You can also just pray and follow the glory cloud. I am so glad to be on the air, so glad to be with you. Uh, just uh, also glad that uh, fall has arrived and pumpkin spice lattes are flowing uh, plentifully at your local Starbucks. I'm not addicted, I just choose to drink coffee every day. So uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about unfailing love. Uh, love is difficult, and I think sometimes we make it too much like a hallmark moment when it actually is a lot more like a knock-down, drag-down fight. You know, there's just a tenacity to learning how to love in all situations. Some things are difficult, and some things are easy. Now, here's something that's easy. I want to read you a news story here. Uh, this is from Ben uh, Hooper, or Hopper. Sorry, Ben, I cannot tell the difference. Uh, this is from UPI. Uh, but Ben tells a story about, I would say, the best job Ever And it's open right now. So if you want it, you've got a chance here. Uh, this is from last week. So a firm in Mexico posted a job opening for a, quote, provocationist, not a provocationist, but a provocationist to spend a year staying at luxury resorts and sharing the experience on social media. Grupo Vedanta, which operates several resorts in Mexico, said on its website that it is seeking a social media savvy ambassador to spend a year staying for free at resorts in Nueva Vallarta, Riviera Maya, Los Cabos, Acapulco, Puerto Penasco, and Puerto Vallarta. All those places that are just terrible to stay. Now, now wait, the job gets even worse. 
Uh, the job pays $120,000 for one year, as well as travel expenses and meal credits at resort restaurants. The firm said the provocationist, well, I just love that term, provocationist, uh, what, what's your career? I'm a provocationist, will be subject to experiences including, okay, so it's not all easy. Here's some of the job requirements. Uh, will be subject to experiences including learning to salsa dance, quote, ushering baby turtles into the ocean, <laughs> swimming with whale sharks, determining how many hours of poolside lounging is too many, and having a pair of sunglasses for every occasion. It says interested applicants are... No, I'm not going to tell you where to put your applicant application in because, you know, I may or may not have applied for this myself and I just don't need the competition. Uh, applicants are strongly encouraged to submit a video. Okay, so you got to do some work to get this job. So, uh, of course, this is the dream job. However, one problem with this job, I think, might be that you would not be able to complain about any aspect of it. I mean, what if there was something wrong with it? What if it was tough? There, there just no one would let you complain, ever. You'd be like, yeah, oh, sure, Carl. Tell me about how hard it is to be paid $120,000 to sit on beach chairs and watch the ocean just lap up against the shore. Yes, truly. Tell us about your, your misery. Well, well, some things are difficult and some things are easy. I, I would assume, not trying to be judgy, but I would assume that that is an easy job uh, to be a provocationist. Uh, but some jobs are difficult. Some things are difficult. And I think loving is far more difficult than we want to talk about. Sometimes we, we share those nice stories where Someone did something loving, and the people responded in kind with a loving response, and everyone was happy. But that's not really how love works itself out in this world. Sometimes we're really loving, and the fruit of us being loving is a cross. So I want to talk about that on today's show. Uh, to do that, I want to look at Romans 8.35. I was reading this, and it really challenged me, because the Lord is challenging me to grow in my love. Let me read this. This is from the Apostle Paul. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? Let's skip down. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, at first glance, this is an incredibly encouraging scripture because it talks about the fact that Jesus Christ, through the cross and resurrection and ascension and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, has brought us to, to a love that no one can separate us from. That no calamity or persecution or trial or conflict can separate us from the love of God. That no supernatural power, no ruler on earth, no present conflict, no future conflict, nothing in the heights, nothing in the depths, nothing can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. That's good news. But when you follow this through, you realize there's a logic to it that's a little bit more challenging. And this is what I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying to me. If it is true that there is no situation that can keep me from experiencing the love of God 
or from being securely rooted in the love of God if there's nothing on earth, nothing in my life or the life to come that will keep me from the love of God, then it follows logically that there is nothing that can keep me from giving the love of God to any person on the face of the earth. There's no situation. There's no circumstance. Well, let's just look at this. There's no tribulation. There's no distress. There's no persecution. There's no famine. There's no nakedness. There's no danger. There's no sword. You know, sword. I'm about to be killed. I'm being killed. I was killed. That can keep me from loving someone else. There's no there's no angel, there's no demonic force, there's no ruler, there's no present issue or future issue. There's nothing in all of creation that can keep me from extending the love of God to any person on the face of the earth. Nothing. Now that's pretty challenging because the reality is I don't love everyone equally. I limit my love. And these are, this is the question that I wrote down, and this is what I want us to talk about. Can we just talk about that today? Just right now, just where you're at. Can we, can we just get seriously? Let's not talk about what other people are doing wrong. The world is full of people talking about what other people are doing wrong. That's what's wrong with social media, right? Speaking of talking about what other people are doing wrong, it's always about, you know, what they're doing. What's wrong with them, those people? Let's just focus on ourselves for a second. Here's the question. If nothing can separate us from the love of God, if there's no situation that can separate us from the love of God, when do we withhold our love? That's the question. When do you withhold your love? When do I withhold my love? When do I separate myself from receiving or giving the love of God? When do I do it? Where do I limit the love of God. And why do I limit the love of God? What happens in my life? What does someone else have to do? Or what do I begin to do to limit the love of God? Where am I making excuses? I, I like it when I can just say, where are you making excuses? Yeah, what's wrong with you? It's easier to say that. But, but where are we? Where are we limiting the love of God? Where is it? Does the love of God have that value that nothing can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus? Do things separate do things actually separate us from that love, from giving that love? If I were to go to your children and say, uh, tell me about how your parents love you. And if I were to begin to ask them, are, are they as loving going to church as they are in church, as they are when you come home from church? Are your parents as loving uh, when you do something wrong as when you do something right? Are your parents as loving on Sundays as they are on Mondays? If I was to go to your spouse and say, what separates uh, your spouse from the love of God? It, what, what do you do that makes them stop loving you or stop being loving? If I was to talk to your neighbor and say, hey, is there a time that uh, this person is not loving? When are they not loving? If I was to go to a teacher 
that teaches your students and say, is there a time this parent isn't loving and how come? Let's look at this a little deeper. What separates you from the love of God and what can you do about it? Think about this. We're going to take a quick break and come back. Hi, I'm Pastor Doug Bursch, and I want to thank you for listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. This show stays on the air because of your donations. Uh, We need every show at least one person or two people to give a couple hundred dollars, $50, $25. It makes all the difference. Please go to fairlyspiritual.org to donate. That's fairlyspiritual.org. Also, I'd love it if you'd pick up my book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. It'll encourage you if you've struggled with being in community or if you're just trying to challenge others to join together in a pursuit of the kingdom that's bigger than individuality. Go to fairlyspiritual.org to find out more information. Thank you for listening to the show. You make all the difference in the world. Thank you. Well, welcome back to the program. Uh, If you just joined us, where you been? No, I'm so glad you could listen to today's show. Uh, We're talking about uh, the Apostle Paul spoke in Romans 8.35 about how nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And uh, often we focus on that about how it's true that Christ will love us and we will be loved by God no matter what. But there's a bigger picture here that I want us to focus on today. If nothing can separate us from being loved by Christ, then nothing can separate us from loving others as well. The love that we receive from God, we can extend to others. So the question I asked you before the break is this. uh, When do you withhold your love? Or who do you withhold your love from? Or What happens to keep you from loving people? Or where are the limits of your love? Now, I sat down, and just so you don't have to confess everything, I sat down and I wrote down some things uh, that are some areas where I withhold my love or where I limit my love. Now, I'm not going to share this if you're just going to judge me. So before I go any further, you got to promise not to just judge me and treat me poorly and write an angry email to me, okay? I'm being honest here. I expect you to be honest as well. Uh, But here's some of the areas where I withhold my love or I become less loving. I'm sure uh, Jesus has a much bigger list (laughs) than the one I have, but here's some of the areas where I withhold my love or limit my love, where my love uh, is not unfailing. I withhold love when I believe I am right and I've repeatedly extended grace and kindness to someone in a specific area, and they do not change. You know what I'm talking about, where where I believe I'm right. I shouldn't say I believe. Probably I just know I'm right. But I'm right, and they're wrong. You know, I, you shouldn't do that. And, and the first time, I'm very loving, or I, I believe I'm loving. And I, I say in the most loving way, you know, I'd, I'd appreciate you not, you know, if you wouldn't do that, and and please don't do that, and I respond in a loving way. And, th- and this could be in a pastoral way, it could be in a marriage way, it could be with my kids, my neighbor, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. It could be on social media where I respond very nicely the first time, right? Uh, and then I respond nicely and in love, and the person does it again. And then I respond, you know, in love, and they do it again. And I respond in love, and they do it again. Now, I don't know if I'm that patient. I I might, after the second time or the first time, 
not not be loving. But the reality is there's something in me that begins to think, you know, enough is enough. I no longer have to treat you in a loving way anymore. I can be cold to you. I can be distant to you. Now, now I'm not talking about this, that there are people, uh, you know, who don't receive correction, who don't receive, you know, they don't have appropriate boundaries. The Bible is full of times when you're supposed to hand somebody over to their sins and you're supposed to put appropriate boundaries. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about putting yourself in a position where you let people harm you or hurt you. But I am talking about this reality where we stop loving people, where we stop extending the love of God to someone, where we believe we no longer have to have a loving heart. Or if we were honest with ourselves, we're no longer motivated by love. We're motivated by the hurt we feel, by the injustice we feel. And we could say, well, it's about God's injustice, but it's more about the injustice we feel that they're harming us, hurting us. Maybe I shouldn't put us. I should just put me. For me, I I feel like, you know, enough is enough. And so I withhold my heart. And it's kind of like this. And you see this in a marriage situation. It's like, I'm just not going to be very happy today until you make things better. I'm just, I'm not going to be mean, right? It's like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to be mean. I'm not going to be retaliatory, but I'm just not going to be very nice. I'm just maybe not going to smile in your direction. I'm, I'm just not going to be extra loving. We think we can abide in that neutral place because the person has repeatedly done something we think is wrong. Well, well, here's the news, people. That's not biblical. It's not Christ-like. Paul's pretty clear. Nothing could separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. If persecutions, if calamities, if trials and conflicts and the sword can't separate us from the love of God, then someone repeatedly sinning against us, or repeatedly not understanding us, or repeatedly not doing what we want them to do, uh, cannot separate us from the love of God. So there's an area that I've written down and brought before the Lord. I don't want to limit my love. I want to grow in this area. Here's another area where I limit my love. I limit my love often in this way. I limit my love when it comes to the people I'm most familiar with. Sometimes I'm far more loving to strangers, to people that I have you know, vague acquaintances with, than I am with the people I know the most. In other words, I will go to church and I'll treat everybody really nice and someone might be rude to me and I'll be as nice as I can to them. And for those of you in your work environments, you'll, you'll be very nice with your customer service and you'll, you'll treat uh, employees incredibly well, your boss incredibly well, and, and all the people that you're engaged with as best you know how you treat them in a loving manner. And then when you get home, the moment your spouse says something or your kids say something, you snap at them. You respond back in a very unloving way. That instead of treating the people who are closest to you, the people that should matter the most to you in the most loving way, you treat them with the most contempt. It's not that you have contempt for them, but because they are familiar, because they're there, because they can take it, you limit your love. 
Now, I know some of the reasons why we limit our love. One of the reasons we limit our love is because we can. We know they won't leave us. If you're not loving at work, they might fire you. If you're not loving to certain friends, they might leave you. But the reality is you may have a marriage where you can be a little unloving and you know she won't leave you. Or you can be a little unloving to a brother or a sister and they're still going to be your brother or your sister. So sadly, sometimes the people we love the most were the worst to. I've seen this in, in divorce relationships, that sometimes the kids are the meanest to the parent who's the most connected and loving. Uh, the parent who's not connected and very loving, the kids are really nice to because they're afraid that that parent will leave them. But the parent who's the most connected and committed, the kids are kind of mean to and rude to and yell at because the kids know that it's safe to yell at and be rude to that parent because that parent will still love them. But regardless of those dynamics, it's the question I have of myself and I have of you as well. Are you limiting your love? Are you taking for granted your spouse? Are you treating your spouse with the kind of love that he or she deserves? Here's another area where I limit my love. I'm often not as loving to people I resent. People I'm jealous of. You know, the people who got the promotion that I didn't get. The people who got the platform I didn't get. The people who get the praise that I didn't get. Now, some of you are judging me and say, how proud and arrogant you are. Well, I'm sorry, you can judge me. But I know there's people out there that you know what I'm talking about, right? You, you just, you get frustrated and you become less loving and you begin to look at the faults and failings of the people you resent or the people you feel threatened by. I know I limit my love to people in positions of power. When I'm upset with a president, when I'm upset with a governor, or I'm upset with a congressional member, and I feel like I have the right to not love them, or maybe even an umpire, or anyone in a position of authority. Where do you limit your love? I want to ask you this. Have you closed your eyes to the amazing power of Christ's love. Where you are right now, I'd like you to do this. Now, if you're driving, please don't do this because you'll kill someone. But if you're not driving, please do this. Close your eyes for a second. Just close your eyes. And don't think about anything profound. Just close your eyes. Some of you aren't doing it because you're like, Doug, you can't control me. I forgive you for that. But the rest of you, just do this. Just, just close your eyes for a second. Just close them. And don't think about anything. Just close them. I would like you to see for a moment that with your eyes closed here, this is kind of what life is in the flesh. This is kind of what our life is without seeing things with spiritual eyes. We're just kind of walking around in the dark. Now I'd like you to open your eyes. Open your eyes and look at the world around you. Look at all the things you see. Just see the world before you. When your eyes were closed, there was nothing. When your eyes were opened, you saw a whole world before you. I want you to understand that the love of God is more than just one action. It's more than just, well, I better not swear at this person, or I better not frown at this person. The love of God is a whole world opening up before you. It's your eyes opening up to kingdom resources. It's your eyes opening up to Christ in the room, helping you give love that you didn't even know was available. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. 
nothing but our unwillingness to say yes to Christ's love. Would you join me in saying yes to Christ's love? Would you join me in giving your best to making room for the love of Christ? All right. Does it sound good? We're going to try. All right. Amen. Hey, uh, before we close out the show, I need to ask you a favor. This show stays on the air because of your donations. It's that simple. If you donate, we stay on the air. If you don't, we go off the air. I don't have some giant church behind me supporting this. It's completely supported by you. So if you go to fairlyspiritual.org, that's fairlyspiritual.org, and if you donate anything from $25 to $50 to $100, I mean, you can do more if you want, but any amount matters. We stay on the air if every week someone donates something. So if this has helped you, if it's impacted your life, then please donate. Also, please pick up my book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. It will encourage you. There's a lot of great teachings on why we gather together in community, about the power of the scripture, but I guarantee you it'll encourage your heart. You can pick it up at amazon.com or find out more information at fairlyspiritual.com. Make room for the Lord. He knows you by name. Let's advance a better dialogue in this frequently bitter world. I will see you later. Enough.